This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is excited to talk about a romance that is not one of the world's favorites. Uh, That's to put it lightly and i'm bravado the girl who it's kind of like hot and cold for this episode it's like a good one and then a not so good one yeah it's gonna be interesting for sure so if you're new here welcome to the beautiful chaos but you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, then this isn't the podcast for you. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question. But we will be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. In today's episode, we are once again covering two characters because they are not with you throughout your journey, fighting back against the Reapers on the Normandy. Although they do their own part in the war efforts, some are more useful than others. First, we'll be talking about the romance with Miranda Lawson, including the scenes from the Citadel DLC in Mass Effect 3. We'll also be talking about the galaxy's most ridiculous breakup with Jacob Taylor in Mass Effect 3 also including his Citadel scenes. We're going to start with Miranda, ex-Cerberus Barbie with the most daddy issues. Promise me you'll be careful. I can't do that, Miranda. (laughs) I know. Bastard. Miranda has made herself scarce since the end of Mass Effect 2, and for good reason. Cerberus is no longer a friend to the Alliance, and they increasingly are not friends to the Reapers either. Miranda is no longer associated with Cerberus. In fact, the elusive man wants her eliminated, so she has been on the run since we last saw her. After rescuing Primarch Victus, Miranda will send a message asking Shepard to meet her on the Citadel. Miranda isn't involved too much in this game, and her involvement is limited to her search for her sister. 
She believes that her father has found her and captured her, but we don't know that initially. In true Miranda fashion, she doesn't just come out and say what's up. I got your message, Miranda. Is this about your sister? Shepard, I need access to Alliance resources. I can't say any more. You'll just have to trust me. I don't like secrets, Miranda. Just tell me what's going on. I can't, Shepard. If that's a problem, I'll go. Don't. Trust is a little hard to come by right now. Of course. You'll have your access, Miranda, but I don't like the sound of this. I know, and thank you. It means a lot. Trust is certainly hard to come by, but at this point, I guess I'm surprised she still doesn't trust him. I guess one way to read this scene. But after a life like Miranda's, I'm not surprised she doesn't trust easily. Perhaps she does trust Shepard, but not anyone else who might be listening. Miranda's life is in danger for much of this game. And if you don't take the proper steps to ensure her survival, she will die. Shepard must warn her of a Cerberus attack or, being unprepared from not being warned, she'll later be killed by them. Shepard must read the dossier that Anderson forwards on Kai Lang. Ugh, Kai Lang and warn her about him when you video chat with her in the Spectre office on the Citadel. Any chance you have to tell her about some Cerberus scheme, do it, unless you want to see her die later. But we're romancing her in this episode, so we're going to warn her. She will also die if you don't rekindle your romance with her, which is kind of fucked up. But in this first interaction with Miranda, there is also a very important moment for them as a couple. Without the Citadel DLC, this would be the romance culmination scene for the whole game. But thanks to Legendary Edition, we all have access to the DLC. And for our purpose in this podcast, we will be including those scenes to get the picture of her full romance. I fought against my father and his need to run every aspect of my life. He wanted total control over me, right down to my bloody DNA. After I got out of there, I couldn't stand by and let it happen to my sister. I risked my life to get her away from all that. Yet I didn't give a second thought to destroying your free will when I had the power. This is what's been bothering you? I told you, it's crazy. It's not crazy. Well, maybe a little crazy. Shepard. Miranda, I lost two years of my life. You gave me back the rest of it. You could have changed me in a thousand different ways, but you didn't. I don't know how, but you brought me back. Thanks. But with so much being uncertain, I just wanted you to know I always regretted wanting that chip. Miranda, we're both under so much pressure to be perfect. We never give ourselves a break. We can't give ourselves a break. There's too much at stake. Hey. Yes. Come here. Oh? Still impatient, Commander? Still trying to maintain control, Miss Lawson? Trying. But failing. Good. I'm almost out of moves. that they play 
Shep and Miranda's physical relationship may be one of my favorites. They flirt. They tease. I can tell that they trust each other where it counts. Of course, I don't like the fact that it fades to black right after Miranda leans in for a kiss. I'm just never going to be satisfied in this game. But overall, the verbal foreplay is on point, and I really like these two together. I also really like the blocking in this scene. Most of it. When they are open and talking about the chip, they are standing close together. When the romance affirmation choice is picked and the music changes, Shepard walks over to the bed. Then it's a whole lot of ass. I don't like that. But honestly, it's because it's not done well. The screen that I was paused on while writing this up, Mary's butt looks completely lopsided and lumpy and just way off. And just no thank you. Oh, I also don't need two close-ups of a thigh gap. Fuck off with that. Mm. Okay. But, you guys, please go watch this scene. There's such a cute little moment when Shepard says, still trying to maintain control. He's sitting on the edge of the bed and he gets Boy Scout perfect posture hands clasped in front of his stomach and his facial expression gets all i'm innocent ma'am i swear and it's just like so fucking adorable i've never seen male shep get cutesy like that yeah i had never seen the scene before i did the research for this episode and i really like the way that they interact with each other in every way like, we're going to talk more about that, so I won't get into it right now, but I agree with everything you said. I quite like this scene because of Miranda confessing her regret for wanting to put a chip into Shepard. I think this conversation is a good example of the phenomenon of victims becoming the abuser. Of course, not all victims of abuse will later go on to abuse. That's something to keep in mind, of course. But there are some that do. There are enough that do that there is a term for this. The cycle of abuse. Victims that become stuck in the victim mentality that never heal may end up feeling entitled to the pain they were afflicted with and then inflict it on others. With Miranda, this is a very small example of that and also an example of how self-aware she is. Part of that self-awareness comes from her perfectionism she was forced to adopt from her father. But here it serves a healing purpose. She sees what she was trying to do and feels genuine regret that she ever considered it. I think even if Shepard knew about this, Miranda confessing it and clearing the air is a really healthy thing. They have very good communication and trust. Might not seem like it, but they really do. I agree. And I think that plays into the part where you said earlier, like, you have to trust me. It was that she didn't want to say anything around ears that might be listening in. Not that she didn't mm -hmm. trust Shepard. Yeah. I really like that. It turns out that Miranda's sister Oriana was indeed captured by their father. 
Miranda tracks him down to a facility on Horizon and is pretty horrified to learn what is going on there. The Reaperized forces are attacking the facility and takes down the jamming signal that was preventing off-world communication and leaves video logs of records of what she's found and confirming that her father was working for the elusive man. Kai Lang attacks her, and by the time Shepard arrives, is badly wounded. Hmm. Yes. The one time she's a damsel in distress. Her father is holding Ariana hostage at gunpoint, because he is using her as a human shield. He's super awesome dad of the year not a coward right Shepard can either diplomatically defuse the situation or just renegade shoot him and honestly when it comes to Kai Lang and Henry Lawson pull that interrupt honey just do it Miranda will be forced to kill him if you refuse and let's not traumatize our girlfriend any more than she already is when it comes to her dad it's at this point that Miranda will die of her wounds if you didn't do all the things you were supposed to do Oh, but she did manage to put a tracking device on Kai Lang, that son of a bitch. Can we talk about how amazing Miranda is? We did in her Mass Effect 2 episode. And like, up until we did that episode, I really didn't like her. I completely changed my own mind doing the research for that episode. She is amazing. Look at everything she's able to do. She's literally a one-woman army. Amazing. And... Oh, this is the one time where I am going to flip the script. I don't pull the trigger. I let Miranda biotic shove him through the glass. I find it much more satisfying for her to put the closure on it and to know that Henry cannot touch her and Oriana ever again. I don't know. Now... Thanks to Miranda's tracking device, Shepard is also able to discover where the elusive man has been hiding. So that's the last time that you'll see her in the main game, which is sad. So we're going to fast forward to the Citadel DLC. You can see Miranda a few times in this DLC, one of which is after your great escape from the sushi restaurant. This scene at Anderson's apartment is hilarious. And just great writing all around. And I can never resist adding a scene with an interrupt case. So I extended your clip, V. Oh, they shut down my favorite sushi place. That's a shame. Shepard, you didn't. I did. Fell right through the fish tank. How did you manage that? It exploded. Hey, it was the clone's plan, not mine. Blowing up a fish tank shouldn't be part of anyone's plan. Although executing marine life seems to be some sort of hobby with you. No wonder your clone couldn't resist. It was the first step in taking over my whole life. We stopped it. Good thing, but why did it want your life? Why would anyone? All that running, jumping, gunfire. It's crazy. I try not to think about it. Probably for the best. Trust me, I know all this isn't normal. Speaking of trust, with all this clone business, how do I know you're the real shepherd? I don't know. You just do. Hmm. I'm afraid you'll need to convince me. 
compelling argument. <laughs> I love the call out to all of us who forgot to feed our fish at least one playthrough in Mass Effect 2. Uh, this whole thing is so funny. There's such a fine balance between true vulnerability and intimacy and the verbal sparring, witty, sexy banter with these two. It speaks to a relationship that is built equally on trust and physical attraction. Something that Miranda could only dream of, because honestly, how many times has she only been a pretty face to people in her life? Probably almost all of the time. Of course, Shepard sees that she's a beautiful woman. He's got eyes. She was literally designed to be perfect. But he sees all of her. He also sees the incredibly capable, smart, and kick-ass person underneath the veneer of perfect genetic code. He loves all of her. And while that is scary to her, she's willing to give it a go with him because she wants something real for herself. Something not perfect. Hmm. So cute. Eventually, you have to do a little reconnaissance in a casino for the mission in the DLC. That whole DLC is just fun from beginning to end. So if you haven't played it yet, go do it. What are you waiting for? You can meet Miranda in the casino for a date as well, if you've romanced her. And she is decked out in a very Asari-esque dress that highlights her perfect genetics. And Miri in that little red dress is just... Oh, my, my, my. They both clean up well and share a very cute moment together while Miranda tries and fails to play a gambling game that looks similar to roulette. I also really like this scene as a femshep or not romanced. Just two epic level badasses trying to have a little fun. I was thinking about our talk earlier, about having a normal life. Damn, I'm not very good at this. Truth is, Shepard, I'm not very good at being normal either. Bit of a disaster, really. I get it. We just need a little practice. Any ideas? Oh, I've got some ideas. Miranda, you're here. You're beautiful. And I have you to myself. So tonight, I'm just going to be a regular guy taking his best girl out on the town. No space heroes or super spies? Nope. Just bright lights, a few games, and some very foolish choices. Agreed? <laughs> Agreed. I'm going to need more wine. Get this woman more wine. You're pretty sexy when you're pushy. What now? Let's spin the wheel and see what happens. The odds are against us, you know. Maybe. But I've got a good feeling about this. I love that scene so much. It's so good. It really is so good. When have we ever heard her giggle like that? Right? That cute little giggle. The She's just totally giggle. relaxed with him. And so, remember when we talked with Sam about, like, uh physical intimacy like not being able to be portrayed in video games very well 
this is one of those moments where it really did work because Shep is just standing behind her like a total boyfriend. He's holding mm-hmm. her by the waist, arms are wrapped around her. It's just, it's so fucking good. Yeah. The way they speak to each other too is like, I don't, it, it reminds me of um, just anyone I know in like a very long term relationship too, even though they've only known mm-hmm. each other for like, well, I guess Miranda's known him for five years at this point, but, you know, he's known her for three. And yet, you know, the trauma bonding of everything they've been through made it their bond form really quickly. But still, it's a genuine connection. And you, know, you can't fake that sort of relationship. And it doesn't feel fake or manufactured in this game either. It feels really good. That last line in the clip where Miranda says... The odds are against us. I love it because oh, I love a little bit of who. What are she, what is she really talking about? Is she talking about the game, or is she talking about the Reapers? And Shepard could be talking about either of them too. And he says he's got a good feeling about this. So I just love that cute little moment. Uh, but this uh, <laughs> also made me think about something that is one of my misgivings about Miranda. We talked about it a bit in her Mass Effect 2 episode, but Miranda is an exceptionally well-written character to the point that when analyzing her, it's hard for me to remember why I didn't like her in the first place. But then I watched the scenes she's in, not just hearing her voice or reading a message from her. The cinematography of the game, like the actual placement of the camera and the shots made to form the dialogue scenes, are all crafted to view Miranda through the lens of objectification. The original game constantly had her bum in major focus while she was talking or someone else was talking, like completely random. It would take you out of the scene moments. There were so many gratuitous butt shots in Mass Effect that they actually took some away with the release of Legendary Edition. Like, even the developers were like, "Mm, let's update this for 2021. Her character is an embodiment of the conflict between viewing women as a source of consumption, especially women that are conventionally attractive, and allowing women, even beautiful ones, to exist without objectification. It's like they manufactured my outrage at her just by the way they made me look at her in the game, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure men did not feel that way watching her. But for me, I was like, I I instantly got annoyed because I'm like, your ass is literally always in my face. I don't want to hear from you. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe my brain is just wired in different ways because I didn't notice the ass shot so much. I think like because when you are talking to her, I don't know, I focus on my player character more than I do what's going on around them. So if Miranda's ass is in the corner, but I'm standing off to the side behind, I'm generally looking at my character, not her ass. But that's just me. It's fair. I have a 60-inch TV, and let me tell you, some some of the times her butt was taking up more than half of my TV for a single shot. <laughs> like, why was it placed right here? When she's talking about, like, her trauma with her father or something. Like, it just takes away from the scene, you know? That is also really, really valid because I play on a 16-inch laptop. So that probably makes a huge difference. 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. It is a fine line to walk because obviously we as humans are conditioned to notice features and attraction. But there is a there is a big difference between being attracted organically to Miranda and having that attraction be manicured through certain framing techniques to pander to the presumably majority hetero male audience. She never once weaponizes her beauty in the game, though. Although we as players often assume, and even the developers have said, she would do this. It's just a part of spy work, right? James Bond's seduction type? But narratively, she never does this. She only accomplishes things through her own talents and merits, making things like her ridiculously tight outfit and ass shots feel icky to those of us paying attention. She didn't choose to wear that outfit, did she? Really? Like stepping out of the game, the developers are the ones that put her in that, not her own choice? This kind of pandering explicitly robs her of the intimacy she earns in Moments with Shepard, where she opens up about her fears and traumas. It doesn't feel real because what if she is just using her sexuality against Shepard, right? Can she not exist as a person just needing to be loved and accepted for who she is? And this doesn't just affect how she's perceived while you're playing the game either. More than a decade later, after this character first appeared, we still think of Miranda as a fan service character Nothing more beyond great tits and ass in a skin-tight suit. She is so, so much more than that. I get a little annoyed personally when I see such different outfits between characters, especially male and female characters. If there is a narrative point to a certain article of clothing, that's one thing. But when you take a step back and ask yourself, did Miranda need to wear that in space? Did Liara need to wear that? Or are they just wearing that because it's sexy? That's what bothers me. They could have connected how objectification has added to Miranda's suffering under the impossible standards of her father and society, how she was taught to view herself as a tool. But instead, all the cinematography does is objectify her to us. I'm not saying that no sexy outfits are allowed, ever, but that context matters. Take this previous scene we just listened to, for example. They're on a date. I expect her to look hot. But like at work, can she just wear the normal spacesuit? Like, can't they all just match? I don't, or not even match, just... We got Garrus wearing like heroic armor. And then we have like Liara showing off her ever-increasing boobs. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not saying you have to have a turtleneck in space, but it definitely feels targeted. And see, I struggle with this. I love people wearing what makes them feel best. Miranda seems very comfortable in her skin and maybe not that comfortable living in her mind or living in her emotions, but I want to believe that she would have picked these outfits. But I just don't know. I really don't. Maybe if they had switched her outfit in Mass Effect 3, like they did with Ashley to give us a different option of what she could look like. 
then that might have changed my mind one way or another. But we'll never know. Moving on to the end of the line conversation with Miranda. It is a bit like Steve's from last episode, where she talks on a hologram. But at least Miranda alludes to your romance in this conversation. She's been helping the Alliance ever since you finished her mission on Horizon. And it's a good thing that she has thick skin, because there are quite a few people in the Alliance who probably don't know what to make of an ex-Cerberus Barbie helping them fight back against Cerberus and the Reapers. They should be thankful to have her help. Honestly. Shepard, good to see you. Hope you don't mind me crashing this little party of yours. Not at all. Feeling better? Much. Got a few sideways looks from Alliance Brass when I offered to help. They can't be choosy at this point. I'm glad you made it. Shepard, I, I wanted to say goodbye. What do you mean? If we both come back from this at all, everything will be different. Sure, everything will change. But on our terms, we've been running until now, Miranda. It has to stop. I understand. I just... wish I was there. With you. Me too. I don't know what to say. Don't say goodbye. Then finish this, Shepard. And find me. I will. I promise. And find me. Oh. So good. I understand why Miranda's not on the ground forces with them, although it would have been awesome to have her biotics on our squad for the end line. But, you know, she's doing her part. I really like this scene. I hate that they couldn't say goodbye in person, but I do really like what they said to each other here. Miranda's never been mushy or even desperate like some of the other romances, but her love is just as real and strong. She's ready, she's fighting. And she hopes beyond hope that their fight will be enough to finally grant them the peace and happiness they deserve. But we all know how this story ends. Maybe in a different life? I like to think Miranda found him instead, broken but breathing on the remnants of the Citadel, and they didn't have to say goodbye. I will keep that as my headcanon. Their romance is wonderful. I think they're a great healthy romance. Uh, But like with all of them, I wish they had more time together. It is a really good one. I didn't think that I would like the Miranda romance all that much because it's so short. But the content that we get is so good. Now, before we move on to Jacob, let's take a quick mid-break so we can hear from our sponsors listen to some fun facts, and thank our lovely patrons. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mid-break dance. <laughs> it is time for some fun facts. As we mentioned in Miranda's Mass Effect 2 episode, that she was voiced and modeled after y- actress Yvonne Strahovski who has mainly acted in film and television, most notably as Serena Joy in The Handmaid's Tale. She has only acted in one other video game besides the Mass Effect trilogy. And that was a 2010 PSP game called The Third Birthday, where she plays the English language version of the main player character, Aya can't tell you any more about that because i did not play that game <laughs> so no idea never owned a psp um and then i found a fact <laughs> this was kind of hard to find actually about our next subject jacob he was this part wasn't hard to find his voice actor uh it's an actor named adam lazar white you wouldn't know it though if you went to adam's website the man doesn't mention Mass effect anywhere <laughs> or games in general he's been a guest star in a ton of tv shows and has done some movies and theater productions as well but apparently isn't keen on being known as jacob taylor i mean like i don't blame him he definitely captured the everyman sort of personality that jacob is supposed to have and it's not his fault that jacob was written poorly we'll get into that in a minute though sorry i had to look him up and who he is like I, it's, it's there's not that much info on him but on his website i i scoured his website not a single mention of mass effect he did a good job as jacob i just don't like jacob it's not his fault oh and he's got a sexy ass voice like holy shit does huh? he um mm-hmm. but yeah that's very oh his imdb has mass effect on there if you go to adam's act his actual website for him Mm. it's not on there okay sorry getting off of imdb (laughs) we've got a show to do and we are in the middle of the show so we talk reviews and patrons and any major announcements so earlier this week i found out that spotify has released their review system So you can't review the show as a whole. You have to review individual episodes. And so what it is is that if you're on the Spotify app and only on the app as of right now, you can't do it from the computer. But iPhone or Android, 
no matter what you got, it works on it if you have the Spotify app. What you can do is you click on the see more button on an episode description and then it pops up with a little Q&A. And so for like the most five recent episodes, it says, what did you enjoy about this episode? Um, that is just the standard stock question that puts out there. V and I can go in and we can change and customize or add polls or do a whole bunch of new creative things with this. So as time goes on, we'll work with it more. But right now, you can go in and leave us little comments and reviews on individual episodes. Please go on to Spotify, drop us that five-star rating, and leave a comment on some of our most recent episodes. As of right now, we are at 91 ratings on Spotify. I think it would make things so, so fabulous if we could bump it up to 100. If you're listening on Spotify right now, just click the little button. Make us happy. Make us happy. Yes, please. All right. We also are going to make some changes to our Patreon. Now, it's been a whole year since we started our Patreon. And now it's time to get it kind of updated and where we would like it. Because having a crazy weird five tier thing where people are only in two of them is just not making sense anymore. So we are going to drop it down to four tiers. For our $1 tier, it is going to be access to our Discord um, with a special tag on that and still vote on the topics that we put up uh, for the Patreon discussions. Now, at the $5 tier, you'll still get that access to the Discord. You'll get to vote on topics. And we are now going to be putting out ad-free versions of the show. So if you... You can then download the episodes directly from Patreon into a feed, either on Spotify or iTunes or any other type of podcatchers through an RSS feed. You can then download it and listen to ad-free versions of the show. That is at the $5 tier. At the $15 one, same things, Discord, votes, ad-frees, and we will shout out your name in every episode because you're awesome and amazing. At the $25 tier, you will get the access, the voting, the ad-free, the name, and joining our Patreon chat. So the $25 tier is now going to be the one that gets you onto the show. For our patrons who are currently in different tiers, we'll have a little bit of conversation with you to see what's going on and where we can go moving forward from this. We are obviously going to work with you to make sure that you still get the things that you want because we are getting rid of a tier and so we will bump other ones around. Thank you so much. Now, let us thank those lovely, lovely patrons. Apollo and Toasty, Becky and Bat Knight, Cloudy and Wynn, Mystios and the Cups, and Liz, Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie, thank you. Uh, I was like, didn't I say your name already? No, I said Becky, not Lizzie. Mm-hmm.
so Jen, <laughs> I'm wondering if we should have started with Jacob so we could have ended on a high note, but it's too late now. So are you ready to get disappointed with me? Mm, no. I have a lot of thoughts and feels about this romance, but disappointment isn't one of them. So let's get into it and see what happens after you get the prize. What are you doing here? I'm supposed to be protecting these people from the elusive man and his attack dogs. Are they gone? For now, but they'll be back. <sighs> you sure you're okay? Yeah, I'll walk it off. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> oh, I just love it. I'll walk it off. <laughs> I had to have this clip in here because it's so funny to me. I'm supposed to be protecting these people. You can't do anything right, Jacob. At every turn, this man sucks. Like, okay, it's not, it's not his fault. It's not his fault, okay? But if you haven't already, you must go back and listen to our episode on Jacob for Mass Effect 2. You will hear us rip this character to shreds today. Do not mistake that as hate for Jacob the character. On the contrary, Jacob is the character that never was. The sweet, sweet taste of potential turning to ash in our mouths. They did him so dirty, and it only got worse for him in Mass Effect 3, especially if you romanced him. Yeah, he's the character that could have been so good. Oh, I was like, I've said those words before. River in Cyberpunk, the character that could have been so good. Uh, basically, apart from a brief appearance on the Citadel later on in the hospital, and then during the Citadel DLC, you only see Jacob during this one mission in Mass Effect 3. Miranda gets like three. Shepard and crew will head out to help defend Jacob and a group of ex-Cerberus scientists from Cerberus themselves. Jacob gets wounded and can't finish taking out the Cerberus agents who shot him. We first have to get him somewhere safe. Can't have him bleeding out all over the place and dying on us, right? So Shepard will carry him inside the base and eventually will confront him. She's noticed the weird tension in the room. She's noticed the look shared between Jacob and Dr. Cole. And this is where things turn ugly. I'm about to play a really long clip, but it's basically the only conversation that you get to have. Hey, you okay? Have you been? Give us a minute. This is crazy. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. I know the feeling. So how'd you become a gun for hire? Long story. It was an opportunity I couldn't resist for people I came to care about. You seem good. We look good. These are great people defending their ideals. I like it. I think I found what I'm meant to do. You still think about what happened to your dad? Haunts me more like. What's the story, Jacob? Why are you working at a place like this? After we got back, well, things look different when you come back from a suicide mission alive. So I quit Cerberus. I quit everything. And sat by the Mediterranean for a while. That's when I lost track of you. 
And what did all the fresh air and meditation teach you? That what I choose to fight for better mean something to me. That it comes from the heart. We could sure use you. It's real tempting, Shepard, but I like where I'm at. I'm important to these people. I want a life. I want a family. Jacob, I want that too. One day. Ah, oh, Shepard. If it could have been with you. Ah, I think we both know. The Normandy's your real love. How long have you known Bren? We met through a mutual friend in the Mumbai cell. Guess I've known her for a year. We had a lot in common. Then she came to me about her missing colleagues. Asked for my protection, my help finding a place to run to. How could I say no? Who is she to you? I... We, uh... Right. I get it. I'm sorry. You like it here. If these are our final days, I want to spend them protecting these people. Building a life. Whatever's left of it. So did you forget me, Jacob? Forget us? You want to talk about this now? If one of us dies here today, I want to know that we said all there was to say. Come on, Shepard. Did you want me to wait forever? It's not what I wanted you to do. It's what I want you to do. Remember? Shepard. It's just you and me here. No one can see us. I love you, Shepard. Loved you. Damn it. Come on, Jacob. Ah, I can't. No. Because you're happy. You found the meaning of life? Yeah, I'm happy. And it's out there for you, too. When you want it. That's hard to hear. You're a bastard. Okay. Probably deserve that. I'm sorry. Wait. Wait, I never heard the last half of that. Yeah. So for everybody who's like, oh, Jacob's a shitty romance because he cheats on you. No, I'm sorry. That shepherd is a fucking twat. Dude, I know. No, I had never heard that last part. I heard the first part where he's just like, how long was I supposed to wait? And I was and I quit everything. I'm like, well, you didn't quit Shepard. No one told Shepard you guys broke up. But then but then, oh, my gosh, I had never, ever heard that. Like the she I, I mean, I, I could kind of tell from what I heard, but I'm assuming she tried to kiss him. Like, how did she move in that scene? Because I have never seen that one. So uh, I have that all here. And like, that's why at the beginning of this, when you're like, be disappointed with me. No, honey, I'm not disappointed. I'm angry. I was so unsettled by this. I'm disappointed in um, the developers because it's just crazy how bad this is when others are so good. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I meant by disappointment. No, there's a lot about I never heard this part, but the Citadel scene that I had you do, you add uh, that makes me angry. So this whole thing, this whole romance sucks. So like in. I don't know if this was the direction that Jennifer Hale was given, because if that was, then what the, I like so much what the fuckedness. But she mm-hmm. sounds like a sociopathic twat. Like those are the only yeah, words does. that I can uh, I can. Uh, I'm angry. Like, no one's looking. <laughs> I love how she she has the audacity to get mad at him for in her mind cheating, which is like if they were left unsure. It, it was only six months, like between the end of Mass Effect two and like when she was with the alliance facing her war crimes but like you know so it's only six months but in jacob's defense it was when she went in there 
it was an indefinite detention. So it mm-hmm. could have been way longer than six months. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, like with QEC and stuff, I don't think there's any good excuse for not being able to communicate with somebody in this day and age. Right. So there should he should have said something. But then, like, to have her think in her mind that he's cheated on her and then try and get him to cheat on Bryn right there when he's injured enough to have to go in the hospital after this. And his freaking baby mama is like 20 feet away. It's disgusting. I mean, I don't think he knows that she's pregnant right now, but we do. Because we yeah, played the whole we game. Yeah, we know after, after the fact. Yeah. yeah. That's so insidious. Yeah. It doesn't feel like her. Like, it doesn't feel like Shepard. Like, to be no. that petty and immature and disgusting, that's so, not the behavior I would expect. Yeah, exactly that. And the way that you have to force Jacob into the relationship to begin with in Mass Effect 2, because he was like, no, Shep, I don't. I don't. I don't really want to yeah. do this with you. And then, mm-hmm. and no, it, Apollo. It is not a renegade prompt to get to to get to those. So they are the down options, but the down options are the flirty options in this case. So the yeah. up options are like they're not flirty. They're not trying to rekindle the relationship. It's not which a renegade also, interrupt. Mm-mm. yeah right it's They're not an dialogue interrupt. choices and it's not a red option either but yeah okay so you asked me what this scene looks like and let me tell you mm-hmm. in the first part of that they shepherd's standing and jacob is sitting on a makeshift medical table uh he was getting worked on and that's the woman that he uh dismisses uh but then it switches when it switches to the actual like romance question she gets on her knee in front of him and it is so off putting looking up at him asking for a quickie because nobody is watching chef what in the actual fuck is going on here it just it makes me feel icky in ways that I haven't felt in this game before. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the same game at all. Like we haven't we haven't talked about the travesty that is the Vega quote unquote romance in Citadel. But like that is the only other thing that is the same level for me. Like I hadn't even heard this before. And Jacob's Citadel scene was enough for me to be like, this is just as bad as Vega's quote-unquote romance. Like, I'm not sure who wrote this. I don't know why they did it this way. I don't know if they wanted to have some bad options thrown in there because the other romances are done so well. And there are flaws in them, but not like this. Not like red flag behavior. I don't know if it's the same person or team who wrote these or if there was a reason Unless we get some Bioware developers on who know. <laughs> well, we may never know. I don't know why they they went this direction. I don't like it at all. And what's interesting is, like, I definitely don't like Jacob's character because of the writing. It's like I said, it's nothing against Jacob. He has so much potential. But um, I've never thought of it this way, where I'm like, Shepard's worse. You know, everyone hates Jacob. But I've never heard anyone talk about this scene before. Like, I've, I didn't know it existed. It's bad. It's There's no other way to put it. 
and I don't blame Jacob. The next time that you see Jacob after this, he is in Huerta Memorial Hospital, recovering from walking it off. It turns out that Bryn is pregnant, and all of a sudden his purpose is laid out before him. He realizes that he has a chance here to be a parent in the way that his father never was to him. <laughs> Bryn even wants to name the baby Shepherd, but... Jacob realizes how cringy that is, so he assures Shepard that this will never happen. I also don't like naming the baby Hackett either. <laughs> like, that one doesn't work out. Don't Was name your baby girl choice? Hackett. Yeah. He named his daughter Hackett. No, no. Taylor. I mean, for like a little boy, maybe. <sighs> but I don't, I don't know. But no, uh, they never they never solidified a baby name, as far as I know. Oh, okay. And so, you know what, Jacob? Go on. Have your life. I'll be happy for you. Gosh, yeah. At this point, get away from Shepard. Shepard is the toxic ex that you have nightmares about after breaking up. Jeez. And then we come to the grossest possible moment. You know, I wrote this before I heard the last clip, so equally gross. Actually, no, it is worse. No, I don't know what's worse. They're so bad. They're both so bad. So we come to another horrible moment in this particular relationship. There's only one other romance scene that tops how bad this one is for me. Vega. And it's one that we'll be talking about soon in an upcoming episode. Just like with the other companions... We get a moment with Jacob on the Silver Sun Strip during the Citadel DLC. You can play an arcade game, and it's just like an aw, cute moment. But the conversation takes quite a turn if you romanced him in Mass Effect 2. This is like renegade version of the dialogue choices. It's not really renegade, but it's like the angry dialogue choices, because they're not red, but... Anyway, we just need to unpack this because this is horrible. This is like the worst way this conversation could go. Yep. It's bad. Hey, Shepard, over here. Thanks for coming by. Good to see you. What's up? What's up? Good to see you. Like nothing ever happened. Forgive and forget. Is it that simple for you? What's wrong? But I thought... Shepard, seriously... I thought we were good. <clears throat> what the hell? I probably deserve that. Yeah. I think maybe you've had it coming. <sighs> Shepard. I see that I hurt you, but... You gotta believe me. I never wanted that. How could you think that I wouldn't be hurt? Maybe I'm more like my old man than I thought. With everything that was going down, I guess... I lost my mind a little. Anyway, now I just have to do right by Bryn and the baby. And by you if I can. It is what it is. And I'm sorry. Maybe we can move past this, but I can't make any promises. That's fair. I'll let you slap me again if it'll help. Just try not to break my jaw this time. Yes, I just needed to get that out of my system. Yeah. So then, 
Maybe we'll see you around. Yeah. Take care, Jacob. <laughs> He'll take care now that he's away from yo. <laughs> okay. Well, just first of all, I'm going to let Jen discuss the main issue that we both have with this scene. Because I just want to say this little bit first to get out of the way. The way that they say goodbye in this scene is the only good part of it for me. It's a very convincing goodbye. It feels very real. The kind that hints at this being the last time they expect to ever see each other, despite saying otherwise. It's very final, defeated, and just like the two of them are cutting their losses. The rest of this scene, though, it it just like what we said about the other one, it feels completely out of character for Shepard. And it's just a gross, gross example of domestic violence passed off as just some jilted woman ex-lover. It's fine because she's a woman. She can hit him. No. Big, giant, fat, fucking no. It is never okay to hit someone out of anger. You had that up and it made you feel better to hit him in the face Shepard you are a super soldier you are literally biotically powered you have cybernetics enhancing your speed and your strength and that comment about breaking the jaw I probably believe it it's why I also get pissed off every time somebody thinks oh punching the reporters funny no no it is not punching the reporter for doing a job is not okay. And neither is hitting Jacob. Okay? The fact that he takes the slap to the face and his immediate reaction is, I probably deserved that. That is a line from somebody who has been abused before. That is somebody who knows the disappointment or anger or even just bad feelings in general mean that I'm going to get hit. Whether that was from his father, whether that was from a previous lover, whether that was from somebody in his life that he was supposed to be able to trust and respect, they hit him. They hit him often enough for him to expect violence. It's not okay. Shepard's response of, you had it coming, fuck off. Not okay. It is never okay to expect that violence is going to be accepted. When he says, I'll let you slap me again, it's defeat. He knows that he is just relegated to a punching bag. That's all he'll ever amount to. Jacob Taylor, I wish you the best of life with Bryn. And I hope that you are able to raise baby Hackett Taylor or whatever you decide to name her. You didn't deserve Shepard. You deserved way better. And it's super gross that the person that he loved is supposed to love him and that you play as is the abuser in this situation. And like going back to Mass Effect 2, it's not to the extent 
at least in the beginning, it's not to the same extent of the coercion that she does to Vega during the Citadel party. But that shepherd is the same shepherd who pushes Jacob into a romance also. Like, for both of these men, she is their superior officer. She is their commanding officer. I know that in Mass Effect 2, Jacob's in Cerberus and she's Alliance, right? No, not at the time. When you're serving on the ship, she's the captain of the ship. That's how Mm -hmm. it works. And Vega, 1000% is her subordinate. No blurry lines there at all. It's just disgusting behavior. It's the kind of behavior that happens all the time in the military as it is. It's not often done by a woman towards a man, but that does exist. So I don't know what they were trying to do with this. Like if they were trying to highlight that sort of thing, like anyone could be a victim or what? Like I'm not really sure why they thought this was something to put into the story. Like I guess we couldn't have 100% good romances but I didn't expect it to get this bad either. Don't do this romance. There's so many better ones. Chat is talking about how that comment could be seen as, you know, trying to diffuse it with humor. And yeah, I agree. I guess he was trying to diffuse the situation with humor because he's been in it before. Yeah. Self-deprecating so- humor. Mm-hmm. Why do you think his confidence is that low? I hope Bryn is a breath of fresh air and has never raised a hand towards him in any way other than gentle affection. Or maybe a nice smack in his butt. Because he's got a nice Yeah, there's. (laughs) this is why, you know, when I was learning Korean for the Navy, there was one thing my teachers always said, and I have, I think, said it on the podcast before. They were saying, context matters. Mm -hmm. And that is true when it comes to this as well. There is certainly a time in a relationship where a slap could be very welcome indeed. This is not one of those cases. Not necessarily slap to the face either. There's, I mean, because they're... they're Slap on any part of your body. Exactly. And obviously consent is key. And Jacob did not consent to being hit in the face. He sure didn't. That was an attack. It was not sexual. But moving past this, Obviously, you know our thoughts on this. It was complete garbage. But during the party on the Citadel DLC, Jacob is kind of being a tool, um, having a push-up contest with Vega, which is hilarious. Um, And the next morning, when everyone else is hungover, except for Samara, who is weird and meditating, Jacob is doing a ridiculous amount of (laughs) sit-ups. Take a break, bro. But anyway, this romance is stupid. I know we've we've said a lot of things, but I I don't want to rip apart the developers because I know that they work so hard and I know making a game is ridiculously difficult, but but the way they handled Jacob is just inexcusably bad. They relied so heavily on many negative tropes about black men to craft his character and continued more of the same in his romance. This is the only romance that ends like this throughout the whole trilogy. And because of that, Jacob just sucks, like, as a character and especially as a romance. It's very disappointing. Yeah. I would say that I would romance Jacob in two if there was a quick, clean, easy way to break in three. And then where I could just romance somebody else, you know? 
if I didn't have sociopathic shepherd that honestly looks like he like honestly the scene looks like shepherd wants to suck his dick right there in the med bay with the whole body language everything like that her being on her knees it just it's so wrong but yeah i i don't know there's we started this one with i knew i was gonna have a lot of thoughts and feels on it um and normally by the end of a mass effect 3 episode i'm over here crying right now i want to go shoot some shit like i want to get myself into i'll probably go no. kill some pedestrians in cyberpunk <laughs> yeah it's just um it's just bad it's all around bad i don't claim this shepherd at all like don't recognize her she can just piss off for all i care that is not how my shepherd would behave Mm-mm. it's disgusting i don't like it and you know honestly if anyone sees like you really should take a look at yourself and maybe reevaluate if if for any reason you found any kind of humor in that scene or that's something you could relate to that kind of behavior it, you really should take a look at that because you shouldn't relate to that okay yeah i fully agree with that and i hope that whenever you see somebody doing this because i know that a lot of people who listen to our show like to watch twitch streams and a lot of people in the discords will talk about jacob's a fucking douchebag i'll post this clip in our discord and so that way people can download just the specific um i'll even cut it down so that way it's not a whole like two minute clip and everything like that i will post uh, just the dialogue of the shepherd romance portion of that. So that way you can be like, no, Jacob is not the bad guy. This is, yeah, so that way you can put that out there. Um, I would like to see more defense of Jacob Taylor because the amount of Twitch streams that I have watched where every single time Jacob comes on screen is like, mm, throw him out the airlock. Mm, he's such a fucking asshole. And it's just like, no, stop. I think that I have ranted enough about all of this. Uh, I will also make sure to put some domestic violence links in the show notes. Because if you are somebody who has ever been hit, or is currently being hit, or needs or knows someone who is going through something like this, there is help out there. There are resources. There are people you can talk to. And we'll and make it's sure it's not just being hit either. Oh yeah, there's verbal. a lot of examples of different kinds of abuse in this these romance scenes alone. Yeah, verbal, okay. emotional, sexual, physical, financial. Those are the big ones. Mm-hmm. Now, if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes or on that new Spotify feature. I can't wait to start reading more and more of your lovely words. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host Hosty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. 
And of course, in our Two Girls One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. And come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash two girls one ship. Links to those are in the description. You can find me on the Robots Radio Discord as well. And in our own Two Girls One Ship Discord server where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. And some of our not favorite ones. <laughs> Be sure to check our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3CountThoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>